You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, last time you said that at some point the Islanders are going to get punched in the mouth and that sometime was Tuesday. <laughs> and it was basically literally where the Capitals came back and, and won a game to stay alive. And uh, it was certainly much less fun than the previous three games had been from an Islanders fan perspective. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it, actually, just because of the way the game started. Um, I mean, they were they, the Islanders came hot out of the gates. It was kind of like the exact opposite of uh, of game two, I guess, when the Islanders weathered that storm, were kind of lucky to only let in one goal, and then came back and won. Whereas the Capitals, even though they let up two, like, they, I thought they were dead in the water. I, I mean, I remember Brendan Dillon taking a pretty uh, bad penalty and being like, wow, yeah, like, they really don't care. Like this game's over. <laughs> um, and then Todd Reardon took his adorable little timeout, and I was like, "This is great." Like he's, you know, he knows it's done. And I was wrong. I mean, they, you gotta. I think it was Letty, like Letty, after the game said, "You got to give the, that team credit." And a lot of times, that's, uh, you know, that's just cliche canned answers in post games. But after that game, that's what I thought. I was just like, the, the Capitals won that game. The Islanders certainly did their part in losing it, but. Washington like took that game. They 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 looked very similar to. I felt like they were. I was watching the um, Los Angeles Kings from when the Kings were really good. You know they were they they were using their uh, their size when they had it on the ice. They were using they were t- tough. Um, they were just swarming swarming the puck. They they were just kind of imposing their will. 
on the Islanders. And when the Islanders are going, they kind of look like that sort of team um, without the Alex Ovechkins and Evgeny Kuznetsovs of the world, right? They, they got Barzell and a couple other, you know, great players, but none of them are of that caliber. And uh, the they just didn't, the Islanders didn't have an answer. Uh, it was pretty obvious that the Islanders are going to lose that game once the Capitals kind of got going. I thought there was just way too much game. And uh, if it wasn't for uh, Simeon Varlamov, it, I mean, that game could be 6-2. So, uh, yeah, it's one, one game, though, so you hope that they can bounce back. Yeah, not only do the Islanders not have an Alex Ovechkin, but they also don't have a uh, Jeff Carter or an Anze Kovatar, <laughs> like uh, like the Kings <laughs> did. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, there was it was definitely um, a, a game that, that went in phases. And, yeah, like, you know, let's talk about the first phase, which you mentioned before, which was the Islanders hit the ice running. And within the first six minutes of the game, they had a 2 nothing lead. The Caps couldn't get out of their own zone. Um, two beautiful goals too. Uh, JG Pajot tipped a Scott Mayfield shot. And I, I don't know if I've ever seen this before, but like Pajot tipped it and then the puck literally hit the ice and then bounced up at like a 45 degree angle underneath the crossbar right behind Braden Holpe. And I was like, Oh my God, that, that was pretty wild. I mean, how hard the hell, how hard did Mayfield shoot that puck? Um, so that was pretty wild. And it was nice to see JG get back on the board. And then a couple of minutes later, Matt Barzell passes to Nick Letty, who then passes back to Matt Barzell for another phenomenal deflection slash, you know, quick wrist shot goal underneath Holpe. And I mean, it was just, you, you couldn't help but think to yourself, oh my God, they're going to, they're going to run him out of the building. The caps are already packed their bags. They're, they're on the plane. They're gone. And like, you know, why wouldn't they be like, they're down three, nothing. Now they're down two, nothing. They're down three, nothing in the series. Now they're down two, nothing in the game. Like, why wouldn't they? want to be done with this whole goddamn thing. Um, but yeah, Todd Reardon called his timeout. We basically reamed his team out right there on the bench and they came back and just kind of took over. Um, and it was, you know, the kind of thing where we've seen the Islanders face pushback before and throughout the next, you know, 10 minutes or so, whatever the period, the caps pushed back. And I think a lot of us probably expected that, you know, the ones that didn't think, oh, my God, they're done, thought, oh, man, these guys are going to push back. And, and they did. There was a bunch of penalties in there. Um, they started with the rough stuff, which we'll talk a lot about in a second. Um, but, yeah, it was it was still 2 nothing at the end of the period. And the Islanders had a power play to begin the next period. So my thinking at that point was, okay, the, here's the Caps pushback. They got their coach yelling at them. They pushed back. The Islanders are going to start the next period with a power play. And they're going to exert their will, and that pushback will be a long-forgotten memory by the time this game is over. That is not ha- what happened. <laughs> but let's focus on the first period right now. So, you know, where were you when the Islanders had that two-goal lead, and where were you at the end of the period when uh, they still had that two-goal lead, but it was a much very much different circumstance at that point? Yeah, I mean, it's weird to think of it like that because in real time, not just hockey minutes. Like, what is that? Like twelve minutes, maybe. You know, Something between like the, that, yeah. yeah, like it's it's and it it did it felt like, uh, so before that. I mean, I thought like, like I like you like I just thought the Caps were one foot out the door. Um, they showed Nick Backstrom uh, respond like they, yeah. they, they had that one chance where like he yeah like, Varlamov made the save yeah, yeah. and and I thought oh, I, I honestly I thought they were gonna show him and then uh, he wasn't gonna have any reaction but he somehow he did and 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 I was like oh you know what that's cool that Backstrom still's into this like or at least looks like he is and knows like the camera might be on him. But he, uh, 
when when they showed i guess that's like kind of like a weird line of demarcation for me like right after that and it has nothing to do with like the game but right after that that's when i start thinking like all right the islanders this game even though they're up to nothing is 50 50 at this moment and then when the caps scored i was like it's probably 67 33 for the caps and then once they tied it up i i, I didn't think the islanders had a chance hmm. at all like i i and, I, and it, it, you just have those games where you just know you just know like there's no chance and uh, that was definitely one of them. Yeah, that second period was easily the Islanders' worst of the series and the worst we've seen for a long time. And remember, this is a team that had lost like seven straight games or something before the pause and, and had some pretty some pretty dire moments uh, after Adam Pellick got hurt um, and after that 17-game win streak. But that second period was very, very, very difficult to watch. And it's not just a matter of the fact that the Islanders you know, gave up the tying goal uh, well, they gave it the first goal. It was an Evgeny Kuznetsov crossing in front of the crease. It was a very, it was almost like an NHL 94 goal. <laughs> like it was Varlamov. And again, yeah. I agree with you. Varlamov was very, very good in that game. And I don't, you know, this was the one goal that you wish, man, maybe he could have, you know, stretched out a little bit further. But uh, Kuznetsov just took it and just calmly skated across the crease and just deposited it in. And you thought, all right, well, maybe this will wake the Islanders up. It did not. And sure enough, a couple of minutes later, uh, Alex Ovechkin on the power play tied the game. And, you know, it wasn't just that they gave up the, the tying goal. Like, I mean, that happens. I get that, but they took penalty after penalty. They, there was a five on three. There was a four on, there was a couple of four on fours. Like they had, they took a penalty. Barzell took a penalty and then Mayfield throws the puck over the glass. So now it's a five on three. Barzell comes out of the box. They kill that off. Barzell comes back and takes another penalty immediately, like literally immediately. And that's the one I believe Ovechkin scored on. And it was just, they, you know, at five on five, the Islanders were still pretty good in that game. They still only gave up the one goal, but they just were never at that period in particular. And the game itself was a choppy affair, but that particular period, they just never skated five on five. They were just constantly, um, uh, killing penalties. And if they weren't killing penalties, they were on the power play, which ended up going 0 for 5 because they just can't score on the power play right now. And so, I mean, I'm not saying it's a strategy, but I think the Caps figured out that they could take penalties without repercussion, essentially. And they did. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make a too big a deal about this, but there was some Charlestown Chiefs stuff going on a little bit, I think. I mean, Ovechkin grabbed Casey Zizekas in a headlock. That's how we got that penalty I was talking at the end of the first period. Garnet Hathaway, literally, who had been very quiet for the first three games, by the way. I mean, you would be you would be forgiven if you had forgotten he was even on that team. Uh, decides to tackle Matt Barzell behind his own net, then try to fight him. Barzell skates away like, bro, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden, you know, four other Islanders jump in to try and fight Hathaway. And it's like, it's that kind of stuff. Tom Wilson was doing what he was doing. Gudis was throwing elbows around. Like, it was that kind of game. And the Islanders, between that, those antics, and the Islanders' own penalties, they just never got on track. And that that second period, even though it ended up being 2-2, was, yeah, it was just a total disaster. And, I mean, at that point, it just it felt like the Islanders had let the whole thing slip away. And it was it was really tough. And, and I mean, it was just a really gross feeling in the pit of your stomach thinking, I just, I, they looked gassed at that point and beaten up and just lost and... I don't know. It, it was a pretty helpless feeling after a week of what had felt like total domination right. you know, from, from every game. Yeah. I, you know what there, <clears throat> excuse me. There were, there was some, um, 
there's some kind of like honor in what in what the Capitals were doing in a weird way. Like, look look what happened to the Coyotes tonight. We just watched them lose seven yeah. one to the to the. I mean, and obviously the Avalanche. There's a huge disparity between those two teams. So keeping up with the Avalanche is a lot different than the Capitals keeping up with the Islanders. But you know, the, this is a team that's won a Stanley Cup, and and there's so many cliches like like thrown around, and we kind of poo poo them, uh, but. This is a group that has won the Stanley Cup together. Um, there's a ton of you know uh, players who who've been around this league and like have made deep runs into the playoffs on that team. Like think about Brent, Brent, even like Brandon Dillon and and um, you know the Cowboy Radko Gudis. Like these these guys are they, they've been around the league. They 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 have some sort of uh, kind of like I don't know professionalism. I guess is the word, but. It was kind of like if you take a step back and hopefully and you know, the Islanders win this series and, and you know don't go down in the history books for the wrong reason, and you know, look back at that game you're like that was kind of a lesson and like it was cool to it was cool to watch a team not get just a shell up and pack their bags like that especially because they have like these guys like Ovechkin and who, who like we all love Alex Ovechkin and, and we love him for this reason right we love him because this is the kind of shit he does he he's not going to just keel over and be like, all right, you know what? My summer is going to start early. He wants to keep playing hockey. He wants to keep playing, you know, and trying to win another Stanley cup. And he's not going to give up until his last gasp. And, you know, you think that, and then all of a sudden you say it before the game, like the fourth game is always the hardest to win, but in your back of your mind, you're like, this team, there's like a good chance that they, you know, they're down three, nothing. They just give up and, and they did it. And, and they did it in a very capitals way. They did it in, 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 they stuck to their identity, which is sure very frustrating when you're playing against them, especially because you're watching your guys, you know, take elbows and butt ends and all sorts of stuff. But at the same time, it's, it, it is a little bit, you know, in a sick way, refreshing to see the professional team do that, stick to their guns. You know, if, if they're going to go down, they're going down on their shield. Uh, so in, in that regard, it was weirdly, um, it was like, you know, you, and that's why I thought what Letty said, like was poignant, like you, you gotta just be like, wow, like, you know, that, that was, you do give them some credit. Like they won in a very capitals way. If they're they're not, that's it's going to be hard for them to repeat that thing over and over. I, and I think we both can admit at this point and feel confident that they're going to need to play that style of hockey to get out of this series. Like they're going if if the Capitals do pull off a stunner, it's going to be because they this the game goes off script like that every night. And the Islanders have been when they're good, they've been very good at keeping games on script and predictable. So you'd you'd imagine that the Islanders are going to be able to contain that at least once you know, hopefully tomorrow mm-hmm. night, but you know, once out of the next three games. Um, mm. But it's, it, it I'm, I'm going to definitely, you know, change my tune when, if, if, <laughs> if this all goes south, but it, it was as a fa- hockey fan, like I was just like, you know what, like that was some performance. That was some, that was some performance in, in, in a, on a night that I really did not expect it. And, and especially with the way the game started, even like, you know, Tom Wilson was, was being a, just doing his dirtbag stuff and you're just like, you know what, he's, he's probably going to run around and the Islanders are up to nothing. He's going to try to take someone's head off and before the next series. But then when they started to, to show up for the actual game and not just, um, you know, horse around and try to hurt Islanders like they, <laughs> they, and they, they played with like a purpose with their hits. Uh, he started to do what he does well. Like he, he was finished. He, I mean, that hit on Mayfield was probably, I thought Brian Boucher was, it was funny. He was like, look, we've seen Tom Wilson do worse. I was like, yeah, but that's still a dirty hit. Like you're like, why why are we comparing one dirty hit to the guy's other dirty hits? Like it's, that was very, uh, you know, if that was someone else, we wouldn't be saying that we'd be saying, Oh, well, that was, you know, that was unlike 
uh, JG Pajot to do that. You know, that that's what you, they would be saying. But um, they, I thought they they played each one of them played their role very effectively. I mean, even Gudas, who, good God, I mean, I hate that guy and I hate playing yeah. against him. And that hit we, on uh, Butterbuck, you're just like that. Yeah. That was. That was someone saying, you know what? If if we're gonna lose this game, if I'm done playing hockey this year, I'm gonna make sure that I that I leave it out there. Yeah, we've talked about the sort of Jekyll and Hyde nature of the Caps. You've got these like likable Hall of Fame guys, or at least really talented guys, and then you've got the trash bag half. And that game was definitely trash night. Like, let's put it that way. It was definitely a night for the trash bag guys to to show up and, and assert themselves. And we talked about Gudis, Hathaway, Wilson, obviously. But, yeah, there was definitely something old school about it. I guess I'm a little bit mad at myself for not expecting a game like that when I really should have because this is hockey. Like, that's the way it is. And to be perfectly blunt, um, we've seen the Islanders play games like that, too. <laughs> like, and, and we've loved them for it, you know. I mean, the, the fight night game with the Penguins. Yep. Like, what was that? That was them just – exerting their their authority i was and, thinking about that last night i was like if this you if, know if, if the islanders had gone to four nothing or something i was like this mm-hmm. game might develop into a the fight night game yeah oh absolutely oh totally um and you know what had had the caps storm back and won by more than just one goal it might have been the same way too <laughs> you don't know um you know at, the, at that point the islanders were kind of shell-shocked but uh yeah it was you know i, I there is some some kind of weird you know hockey sort of history feel of, about it that that you know i'm mad about it but at the same time i get it you know it's a it's like that that alonzo morning gif where he's mad and then he starts to keep nodding and then he's like well you know (laughs) we've all seen that that gif but um in the third period was where the the game really got sealed and and very early ovechkin again by the way that the only caps goals in this series have been scored by oshi ovechkin and kuznetsov um I know, you know, obviously you guys know me by now. I feel like I, I probably just jinxed the whole team by saying that right now. But that's pretty remarkable that they've we made four games and, and there's only three guys in that team that have scored any goals. Um, but it was Ovechkin again. He just came down the the right side and just deposited up over Varlamov's shoulder and kind of took this, the wind out of me personally. And, and even though I, I knew there was plenty of time left on the clock, um, you know, I kind of felt like the game was over at that point. The Islanders did put a little tiny bit of a push on towards the end to get it tied up and ended up losing 4-3. The Caps couldn't couldn't bury home the, another goal or uh, an empty net goal. And so, you know, even still, that's kind of a little bit lost. Like, yes, they lost the game. I mean, honestly, the score at that point really didn't matter. But at the end of the day, it, it was just 3-2. And so really just that, that one goal was really a difference in – had the Islanders come out in that third period and just were like, you know what? The hell with all this. Those two periods are done. Let's just take it over, win the period, win the game. And one, you know, we would have been like, oh, well, that, that was that. But they didn't. Um, and so it's a really empty feeling. It's a really just, you know, I, I wonder if it's because we hadn't really watched them lose. I mean, they lost to the Panthers, but I think, you know, most of us thought the Islanders are better than the Panthers. And, and that wasn't going to be things weren't going to run away from them. And and that game was a product of a couple of, you know, mental miscues. And we figured the Islanders would clean that up. Now it's a bit of a different story. You're talking about real playoffs. You're talking about a team, like you said, battle tested championship team. And it wasn't just one mistake. It was, you know, <laughs> a, a game where they just pushed back and the Islanders, you know, they, they, they pushed back too, but in a way that wasn't productive with penalties and, and just let things go. So um, it's a different circumstance, 
Um, it's not a great feeling, but at the same time, if you listen to the Islanders um, post game stuff and, and their availabilities today, they're still up three, one, they're still confident that they can come back in, play their game and do what they had essentially done to the caps in the first three games. And we don't really have much of a choice, but to believe them. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, so uh, I mean, what were your feelings at the end of the game? And, and I mean, were you, were you, would you, how would you get on a scale of one to 10? How, how upset would you say? And, and for what reason exactly? Yeah. I wasn't like too upset just because of, I, I was upset that, the, that they lost. Like, but like, I wasn't upset. I'm not upset with where they are um, at all because it's, they're up three, one. And you know, it, it, if the Islanders are as good as we've been saying they've been uh, for the past, you know, what, three weeks now, um, they take care of this they take care of business. Like they just win one. They win tomorrow. Or um, if they, <laughs> if they lose, if they lose tomorrow, I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be mad. <laughs> but um, if, if they are as good as, as they like to think they are, like, and, and that the, the, we talk about the Islanders being disrespected generally uh, by not just uh, other fans and hockey, Twitter and the, the mainstream media and the, the subculture media i don't know what you call them but the uh, indie hockey media like everyone is pretty disrespectful of the islanders we think at least and uh if if they are uh to be respected they take care of this they were they they win these games uh they win the series and they do it and they move on and uh that's it but the it, it's there like there's still a every playoff series no matter what there's the elephant in the room and that elephant is you know losing the series basically and mm-hmm. when it's this when it's three nothing or three three like there's you you just don't know and you don't, you can't really exhale until you win that fourth game and that's why it makes such riveting television is that you know mm-hmm. they're think about I, I was watching the stars flames series and it's been i mean that has been a punch in the mouth series too like everyone dylan dubay and milan lucic like these guys are flying into these the stars and the stars are kind of just absorbing it and winning hockey games and you just like they, it. Just looks like a playoff series, and you, you forget you for, through this whole, uh, you know, through the pandemic and everything, and you you wondered like, will I even care? Uh, what's like, what's this going to feel like? And um, when I was watching that series particularly, I'm like, this really feels like playoff hockey, and, and I really would have missed not having it around and um, not having these like, oh wow, this, the the Flames are up two one. Can the Stars come back? Like it would be really tough if they lose this series, like with the way the, the, the punishment they've taken, they've been a little unlucky. Like you, you just, you all these like weird emotions for two teams that have no attachment to start coming out of, <laughs> you know, out of me. And so uh, in, in short, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm always going to be nervous, but I'm still happy overall with where they are. Um, mm. And, and, I'm, and we'll, we're definitely going to talk about it sh- soon, but we'll, we'll see what the, the team looks like tomorrow too, because uh, Trotz's job is pretty easy. Uh, since mm. since the series started because the Islanders have played so well. And um, I'm kind of – I know a lot of people are calling for, you know, some changes here and there and Clutterbuck being hurt might force one. But um, I'm still – I'm like a little – I'm a little um, even nervous about that because you, you win three out of four games with this team. I don't know if you should just – and, and these are going to be minor changes, right? He's not going to, like, take Jordan Everly out of the lineup. But no. he's like – he's he's but you still – like, you, I don't know if you want to abandon ship on – on uh you know what's kind of worked 75 percent of the time so far so i don't know 
Yeah. Um, well, let's pause there. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some potential lineup changes uh, for game five coming up. One thing, though, uh, in, in discussing disrespect, there was a, a quote running around Twitter the other day about Tom Wilson saying uh, to Caps Radio that they the Caps didn't respect the Islanders. Turned out that 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 uh, quote was actually not real. That is a fictitious thing. Uh, and we all know that I know that we all hate Tom Wilson. He's He's not a likable player in any any way, shape, or form, particularly for us. But uh, you know, let's let's at least hate him for stuff that he's done and not stuff that he hasn't done, <laughs> or, so, or some some doofus on Twitter decided to have fun with. So uh, just in case you heard that, we could stand down in that case. But you know, in, in every other instance, Tom Wilson does in fact suck. Okay, so we're going to take a break. <laughs> we're going to come back. We're going to talk some possible lineup changes, and uh, I don't know what uh, what to worry about for uh, Game Five. All right, join us in a couple minutes. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos, Long Island Ducks, New York Golden Blades, New England Whalers, Dayton Flyers, all kinds of cool stuff over there. Uh, They also have our Lighthouse Hockey Al Arbor t-shirts, our portion of which goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research, so you can get one of those cool shirts there. And if you type Lighthouse 15 into the discount code box, you can save 15% off your order. So do that today, VintageIceHockey.com. Dot com. Uh, okay, so game five, first of all, very pertinent information. Game five will be an eight o'clock start on Thursday, the day you're most likely listening to this. Um, that's thanks to the Bruins eliminating the Hurricanes a little earlier this afternoon. You know, had Carolina won, probably would have bumped the Islanders to three o'clock and the Bruins and Hurricanes would have gone at eight or something like that. But we don't have to worry about that now. It's going to be, you know, eight o'clock, uh, I guess, Geico, whatever pregame show will be at seven thirty. Um, I give you credit for watching NBC because I'm I'm strictly MSG plus. I know, you know, it's cool to watch in the, the national, but I got to go with Brendan and Butch every time. Sorry, guys. I just... <laughs> I think it's it's honest. It's, it's something in my head. And, and we talk about the Islanders being disrespected when I was younger and the Islanders were never on national TV. I loved mm. watching like the one game every two years that they were actually yeah, on. Yeah, ESPN would play them once a year. Yeah, and, and you'd yeah. be like, oh, it's Islanders-Panthers, January 23rd. Like, I can't <laughs> wait to hear Steve Levy make an, talk about the Islanders. And like when he would yeah. say Trent Hunter's name, I'd be like, oh, he knows who Trent Hunter is. <laughs> you know, this is great. So it's like it some weird felt, complex. Yeah, it always felt like it was against the Penguins, though. 
or the Penguins are Flyers, and it was always like, oh man, they're gonna get their asses. Kicked <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, but, whole, but yeah, it was like, like you know, beat up would be about the, the Flyers or the Penguins. I'd be like, and right. oh, the Islanders are in town, coincidentally, because they yeah. play in this league too. And uh, well, <laughs> Peter Laviolette is uh, he's a young coach. Mm. He's 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 over there, and uh, but let's go back into the other booth and see yeah. what uh, Wayne Primo and like Chris Terrian are up to. <laughs> I didn't even know Brian Engblom knew who the Islanders were. You know, like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, so you know that that's going to be the, the start time there. But um, you know, looking at um, at potential changes, Cal Clutterbuck is apparently healthy. Uh, Barry Trot said so today. They had a full complement. They did not skate today, um, but they had meetings. Uh, he said he was going to talk to some guys individually about you know I guess what they could do better. Um, is there a potential to see Johnny Boychuk come in? You know, the Islanders defense as a whole kind of looked a little out of gas in that game. Uh, Pellick and Pullick in particular were, were kind of, you know, running around toward, they had some shifts that were just comically long and it was very weird. And Adam Pellick was on, on the ice for what seemed like forever a couple of times. So, you know, Johnny Boychuk hasn't played since the first game of the Panthers series. And it's possible, I suppose he could come in. His legs are probably fresh. Uh, we know what he did back in 2015 against the Caps. Uh, you know, that said, I mean, Andy Green, the guy who essentially replaced him, ha- didn't play poorly. I mean, you know, the Islanders as a whole didn't really play all that well yesterday, but I, you can't really finger Green for that. And he's done pretty well for himself the last few games. So, um, I, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. Um, you know, maybe if somebody's banged up, maybe Tom Kuhnhackle comes in because they need some help on the PK for sure. Um it could be any of those changes. It could be none of those changes. I don't think we're going to see Ross Johnson. I know he's everybody's favorite, the boss. He's going to come in and, you know, straighten Tom Wilson out. I don't see it happening. <laughs> you know, maybe I guess, um, you know, I don't, again, I don't think Varlamov was the problem. So I, I would be very surprised if we saw Thomas Grice get his first start of this uh, thing. But, um, you know, Trotz is kind of an old school guy. You know, maybe he makes a change just for the sake of change because, you know, they did lose. But uh, to me, none of those changes are going to – there are no changes in the lineup that I would think to myself, yes, that is the right play here. That That's exactly what they need here. They need to just play better, stay out of the box, score in the power play, and just keep the Caps from doing what they did the other night and play their game. And, I mean, they had done that with that lineup for the four previous games and really, you know – whatever seven of the previous six games that they played. So I don't really know what lineup changes they could make that would make that thing, but maybe they will see, we'll see what happens. I, I, I feel on an Island in this thinking, but you know, I, I, and this is whatever, like I'm, I'm, it's not going to happen and I'm wrong, but I, I would love <laughs> to see Andrew Ladd s- sneak in for, for Leo Palmer up <laughs> wow. because the reason that it's, it's the thing that's driving me nuts is that, um, the, the, like we said, like the Islanders need to stay out of the box, and I think Leo is the he, he's the liability in that situation. And I don't know what they see and what like penalty killing analytics they have that mm. make Komarov look to be better than he is. But uh, he's every time that he's got a chance to clear the puck, it seems like he fails at that, and it ends up in the back of the Islanders net. Um, <laughs> like like this is just it's not it's not even worth spending time on. But that, that that's just mm. it because for me, look Nick Letty to me has been very impressive in a weird way. Like he's, he's looked, he's definitely not back to that Letty, like, Oh God, like one of the best defense pairs in the league when he was playing with Boychuk in 2015, Mm -hmm. but he's been good. He's been good in his own zone. I think Letty, I mean, uh, Nick, Andy Green simplifies the game in such a way that kind of lets Letty um, do his kind of, it makes his job a lot easier and lets him 
uh, exploit his strengths a lot better, uh, knowing that, all right, well, Andy Green is very calm in the back. He puts the puck out of harm's way. If, if there's a, if I'm going to make a mistake, I know he's there. Boychuk is a, uh, He's kind of a bull in a china shop. He's he's effective right. in that when he when he's when he's on his game, like he's good at that kind of style right. of defense. But it's just probably at this point of both of Letty and Boychuk's career, it probably doesn't work together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I we talked about you know before the the national broadcast and Gordon Miller called Leo Komarov the other day. He called him an unmade bed of a player, and and that's <laughs> the Islanders don't need that. <laughs> you know they yeah. need to, they they need someone who is buttoned up who's just going to kind of get the puck deep, do his job, and not take any unnecessary uh, risks. And, uh, and and as good as Kamarov is at uh, getting under uh, opposition skin, he's, 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 he's the type of player that he's either under, you know, Alex Ovechkin's skin or he's under our skin as Islander fans. He's, it's, there's no right. in-between. And that scares me in a game like this where you need to stay out of the box. You have – you can't give the Capitals another game because the scariest thing of this whole – uh, scenario is that after so the Islanders they play tomorrow night at eight and then I think game six and seven are back to back so yes, this this Saturday and Sunday yeah, yeah like that frightens the hell out of me because you're talking like it, it could just go off the rails like boom like that and um right. so not gonna happen but like like you I just don't there's no glaring the Islanders play bad as a team um on they lose they win and lose as a team and I think you know the, the broadcast says it a lot too uh, so they lost as a team the other day. It, was, it didn't come down to Andy Green making a mistake in his own zone. It didn't come down to, right. uh, you know, Derek Broussard doing something. I, I just don't know what you would do. I, the only other thing I can think of, if if he like really just wants to make a change, just to kind of, you know, send a jolt up the team. Like you, I can maybe see Matt Martin's coming out. Matt Martin coming out of the lineup, like because the fourth line looked pretty bad. Um, yeah. Yesterday, yeah, I, but, could, I could see maybe a Martin even for Johnston switch. If yeah, just some some like, some, that, but, some like or like, Martin for like, Kuhnhockle. right? Yeah. yeah, and but other like I just don't. There's no like the Capitals after Game Two looked like a team that needed you know wholesale changes, right. almost or yeah, it was that Game Two right? And they did that, yeah. and like the Islanders don't look like that. They 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 played poorly one game, and they mm-hmm. just I would be I'm look I trust Barry Trotz with my life and everybody who I love's life. So it's like, I'm, if whatever he does tomorrow is going to be a okay with me. But like, if I, if, if someone asked me what to do, I just say like, I would probably just run it back. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I hadn't really thought about it. Cause, cause you know, boy has been out of the lineup, but he and green are almost like complete opposites. Like green is the kind of guy who he has a good game when you don't see him do anything you know, or you see him make a nice pass or something like that, that, that just ends up, you know, on, in a scoring chance or a goal or something like that. But it's, it comes out kind of out of nowhere. Whereas Boychuk is constantly making his presence felt. He's either hitting, making a big hit, going for a big hit, taking a big slap shot, winding that big slap shot up to clear the puck that sometimes doesn't get cleared or gets cleared too far and ends up being an icing. So he's a very visible player, Johnny Boy. And I say this with all the love in the world. I love Johnny Boychuk, but like he's a very visible player. He plays to his personality. Right. Whereas Green is the exact opposite. Green is almost like the invisible man. Like he's out and but that's a good thing. Like that means he's doing what he's supposed to do. So yeah. it's um, it's it's yeah. it's an honest like it's an honest to goodness talent what the two of them do like it's it's like like johnny boychuk is like when you hear when you see him playing it's like there's music in the background it's just like heavy metal playing when he's got the puck yeah it's like one of those like scenes in the movie where like a truck is barreling down a highway and there's just crazy right. music and then andy green is just like you know the, the little uh 
chimes that you hear when you open up a door to a coffee shop. It's like, mm. ding, ding. And it's just like, he shows up in like a scarf and he's just like, hey, everybody, I'm <laughs> going to have a coffee and sit down yeah. and be, keep to myself over there and then I'll leave. And that's it. Mm. That's that's the difference between the two of them. <laughs> yeah. it's it's And I didn't really notice that. Until but they're both, defen- you know, if you ask anyone around the league, you'd be like, oh, yeah, they're both defensive defensemen. Right. <laughs> yes, that's true. They're both but- <laughs> defensive defensemen. They're both basically the same age, right? Boychuk yep. is like 36 and, and Green is 37. You know, it's like they know they play in the same team, so they have the same, they have the same hairline. You know, so <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so uh, so the, the, we'll have to see. I mean, again, I I'm sure I'm anticipating some change, but I again, I don't, I almost don't want to see it because I just I kind of it wasn't that that wasn't the problem. The Islanders just let the game get away from them. Now on the Capitals side of things, you mentioned it before. Uh, Nick Backstrom was sitting watching the game. He's he got hit you know, very early in game one from Anders Lee and he hasn't seen the ice since. And you got to think the longer this goes on, the healthier he gets. He has skated with, with the team. Um, and you know, Todd, uh, Todd Reardon keeps saying he's a game time decision so far. That decision has been, he ain't playing. So I, I don't know. I mean, they mentioned on the broadcast that I totally forgot. He's got like a six year contract extension. So they might be thinking beyond this, this playoff series. So, I mean, I can see them, inserting him into the lineup and he's healthy and you know, he's going to try and help the caps get another one back here, or I could see them keeping him out again. Um, You know, that would be a problem for the Islanders because that's one more very, very talented guy back into the caps lineup when they've gotten this sort of spark again. So that's one change I definitely don't want to see, but I I don't know. I I can't help but feel like he's, this is going to be like a Willis Reed type of situation where he's going to come out and, you know, but, but again, we've seen that before and then, you know, sometimes it doesn't help at all, you know, so it could, it could go either way, but uh, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see what happens there. Other than that, I don't know what other changes the caps would make. They, they made a bunch in game three and it didn't help them. So. Yeah. I, the thing that scares me about Backstrom is that he just he pushes every like like when with the Islanders too and I guess most teams in the league at this point like if you lose a guy it bumps everybody up and they start playing playing in positions above their head and uh, we've definitely seen that like sure Lars Eller can can play in his his Nick Backstrom spot you know a game or two but when you're asking him to do it for the rest of the series like it becomes an issue because he'll have games like he had in was it game three or game two whenever Lars, yeah. Lars Eller had one game where you're like damn, this guy, I kind of felt bad for him. But uh, yeah. if, if Backstrom comes in, he pushes, you know, Eller down the lineup a little bit into the role he's made for. It just, it really makes the Capitals much more of a problem than, than anything. And um, obviously makes their power play better. Uh, so, yeah, it's, but like I said, like if, even if Nick Backstrom comes in the lineup, like the Islanders still are up 3-1 in the series. So if, if the Islanders cough this up, like it's, it's their fault. And the respect that we've been clamoring for, for, you know, th- two years now, or since uh, Barry Trotz <laughs> came in, like it's just not going to be there again. And then, and the next right. year, we're going to have to start all over again. And so it's, uh, it's, 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 you know, put up our shut up time, I guess. And it, it, if you think about this, to the Flyers have series, notwithstanding, like the, the the Lightning and the Bruins are into the next round. They those were two the two best teams in the league. Surprising uh, nobody. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, if if the Islanders get into uh, you know, the final four of the Eastern Conference, they're going to be there with the Lightning and the Bruins and the Flyers, or you know, or the Canadians, if unlikely, but maybe. Like, they'd, they'd be with the big boys. That's where we want to see the Islanders. You want to see them in in these these conversations where it's the Golden Knights, the Lightning, 
the right. yeah, the Bruins, uh, the, the Avalanche, yeah. the Avalanche, yeah, and, and the, the pesky Islanders. Like you know, that's what you, mm. where we want them to be. So to get there, they they have to be able just to, to take yeah. care of it. So um, true. No, that that that's a good way of looking at it. No, you're right. Like this is this is the kind of game they're going to have to win. You know, and I mean, right. they they keep saying too. I mean, Trot said it. Letty said it. Uh, I believe Lee said it right after the game. Like they did not expect to come in and just sweep the Capitals. They expected a hard fought series. And so, you know, it's, it's, this is what they're getting. And so they're going to have to fight back and, and make something happen. And yeah, you're right. I mean, if they expect to be in that conversation, in the final four of the Eastern conference, they're going to have to push back and, and take a game. <laughs> That's that might you know, be a bit of an uphill climb. So. And, and the reward is, is really great just as a fan too. Cause you can think about this and, and, in like a, a much more a bigger picture of this regime with with Lou and Barry and uh, you know Lou's definitely done some things that a lot of people disagree with and Barry is a saint but like if if the Islanders because if the Islanders make it to the second round two years in a row and they do it by sweeping the Penguins and then beating the Capitals like this is that's a monumental achievement <laughs> for this franchise it's right. it's it's huge and people will talk about this playoff being a little bit wonky but. The fact that the Bruins and the Lightning didn't, you know, we're not talking about the, the Blue Jackets and Coyotes in the in the in the next in the yeah. se- uh, conference semifinals. Like, there's some the Bruins and the Lightning advancing and showing up really lends some credence to this whole thing. So, mm. if the Islanders do make, make win this fourth game, like there's 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 a lot more firepower to, to to come back at people and say, no, you know what, like this this is a real thing going on. Like the, the Islanders are for real under these two guys like they came in they changed this entire franchise's fortunes and this is this is actually happening like this is actually happening whether or not they get over that final hump is 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 obviously to be seen but um that's that's why it's like it's so important to me that they they just would get take care of business so we can start saying like you know what like screw it like let's go swing with the lightning or the bruins and in the conference Mm. semifinals let's let's dance with like the big guys because like (laughs) It's here. Like the Islanders have have that opportunity to do it. So the, the Carolina Hurricanes are they were supposed to be the team that did it. They they faltered. Like there there have been teams mm. that they're supposed to be the the ones challenging the gatekeepers mm. and, and the Islanders could on against all odds be that team. So um yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, Twitter's favorite teams, uh the Leafs and Hurricanes didn't make it this far. Right. <laughs> you know, like and the and the Islanders are still here. Uh so uh yeah, no, that that's actually a, a good way of putting it. You're actually, I don't know what's going on, but you're actually making me more, uh, more confident. This is a very strange uh, feeling. To, <laughs> That's, <laughs> to not this, to That's not what yeah. I intended to do. That's not what I intended to do. No, but it's a good way of looking at it. You yeah. know? I mean, if they want to be in that, those conversations, they're going to have to muscle their way into them. And, and we know they deserve to like, just because, yeah. you know, we've watched what this team and the transformation it's undergone. Right. Like all Islander fans are so deeply invested in this team. So we, you know, exactly like, you want this, so you should want it so badly, just so you can, just for that. Like, and, and it, it, of course, winning the Stanley Cup is huge, but just to be like, you know what? Like, the Islanders are, among, they're not an elite team, no, but they are probably one of the hardest teams to beat in the NHL right now, and it, it, the proof is in the pudding. Like, so, God, it, it would just be great. It would be, it would feel good <laughs> to do it. Not, not only just to even doing it in Toronto would be hilarious. Like, guess there's, yeah, there's serious, there's serious, like serious reward for the Islanders if they can get through this game tomorrow or Saturday or Sunday, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not, let's not get that. Let's not get too far uh, field. We'll, we'll just stop it there, but uh, no, you're hundred percent right. Um, 
Yeah. So, and then, you know, real quick, um, it's the Habs who lead on the Flyers, uh, I guess, at the end of two in that that uh, game there. If they do, the, the Habs will continue on and, and, you know, there'll be a game six. So we'll have to see how that goes. The Bruins, like we said, beat the Hurricanes in five games. The Lightning beat the Blue Jackets uh, earlier. The uh, Avalanche whooped. The Coyotes seven one to the second straight game, which I didn't even not realize until Mike told me before the game we started recording. I was like, "Wait, they were both seven to one?" So yeah, that was that's, that's pretty insane. bad. Uh, the Blackhawks were eliminated last night. the The Canucks and and Blues are playing tonight. That game, that series is tied. So uh, and I, I totally, uh, I've been I haven't watched a lot of them, but I, I totally expect Calgary to beat Dallas on Thursday and tie that series and go seven games there too because. Those two teams, they feel like they're the exact same team. I don't know. They're both they're both like very good offensive teams that just go through these dry spells that make you want to pull your hair out. And I'm not even a fan of either of them, but it's just for some reason they're two teams that are loaded with offensive talent that stop scoring periodically. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, the, you know these things have a way of sort of shaking out, and and you know the the, the teams that are I guess supposed to be there are going to be there at some point. I mean, there's really nobody so far that's been completely out of whack i mean maybe if the if the canucks beat st louis and you know that that might be one team like oh i didn't expect to see them there but i mean they, they've been pretty good too so uh i don't know we'll, we'll have to see but uh it's uh you know it's getting tight out there <laughs> and so you know if if the islanders want to be there this is the time to to make yourselves known and i mean they did it last year then got swept and i think it you know that kind of made people stand up and take notice and then immediately go like, nah, I don't care about these guys anymore. And then just go away. Yep. So, you know, that was another way to get them to stand up and take notice. And so, uh, they got to have to win and yeah. uh, see what happens. There's, this is a weirdly it's happening in the middle of August, but it's just a gigantic, <laughs> it's a gigantic opportunity for, for, uh, a, a franchise that has had, you know, maybe three <laughs> since I've been alive. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's, Right. It's definitely something that uh, I want to see them, you know, not cough up because I want I want to spend, yeah. you know, the summer. If I'm not expecting the Islanders to win the Stanley Cup, like we've seen the Bruins and Lightning and what they can do, and you know, maybe they, who knows, maybe they do get lucky, but but like just just spending the summer knowing, like, all right, they took another step forward, and the same mm-hmm. team, like, it's not they're not going to all go to shit over the summer or yeah. fall or whatever the off season is going to be. So I want that. I I really really want just to keep f- taking another step forward under, under these two guys, because this is, we talked, we talked so much about it last season that there, there, there kind of was a point in like February where we started to realize we need to just like really enjoy what's going on because this is crazy. It's just, and it kind of hasn't stopped. Like there were definitely some stops and starts this year, much more than there were last year, but as, as in big picture wise under Lamarillo and Trotz, like, this has been a, such a great time to be an Islander fan. And um, it's not, it's, it, it never stopped. Like it's, it, it, it's carried from last season into this season and then carried into this weird dystopian playoffs. And um, <laughs> if, if they do, you know, continue this run and take care of the Capitals and give a fight to whoever they play next round, like who's to say it's going to stop for next year either. Like this is, this is, mm like it's it's still here like we're still living in in one of the best times to be an islander fan ever so um it could but it could all go to shit if they blow this (laughs) (laughs) well again i don't want to get to i'm consciously avoiding crossing that line 
But uh, I mean, I for me, you don't have to get off on a whole thing here uh, before we wrap up. But you know, I, I think the one big this has been an obviously this season when I say this quote unquote season, this means many many different things. There was a 17 game win streak, uh, uh, you know, a complete uh, sort of a slow slide down the standings, uh, a break due to a viral pandemic and now this again i like that dystopian playoff uh that has you know opened up some eyes too there's been a lot of distinct phases here but i think you know ultimately what what it comes down to and the reason that islanders fans can be excited and and you know really into this is because there's a plan in place like that that that's something that hasn't been Mm -hmm. this team hasn't had for a long time like yeah okay we can nitpick what lamarello does with the roster and you know moves it trots makes and things like that and i get that and I, i'm not saying that those things aren't valid they definitely are uh you know there are there are people out there that you know you would like to see on this team that <laughs> that aren't on the team or whatever but you can't say that there's no plan in place like they know what they need to do and i think the players now know what they need to do and so you look at a guy like jg Pajo who came in and andy green too and like they knew what to do because the rest of the guys knew what to do and so they followed the coaches or i mean matt barzell after his you know uh, overtime goal could have literally said anything and he's like our goal is to just come in do what we're told and and win games and play our game and win and so they the the needle has shifted on this team and they know what is required of them it's not just like hey welcome to the islanders here's your big house and here's the school district where your kids are going to go like it doesn't it's not that it's there's there's a standard here that you need to follow and it's on the ice it's you know on here it's doing this it's your haircut whatever you know but it there's a standard there to follow and you know for now you know for the most part it's it's worked again things are on the you know teetering on the edge of not working too but for the most part you can't say that they haven't worked they have worked and you know i think going forward they're going to find guys that fit that that you know uh paradigm and they're going to go forward and they're going to find guys that can win with that in within that structure the barry trotts lou lamarello structure so we'll have to see but step one get past the capitals <laughs> so let's let's see them do that um okay uh so yeah that that's about it um real quick read lighthouse hockey every day for your most up-to-date islanders news and discussion listen to our uh podcast uh, pt isles uh isles buzz there should be a new advanced shouting out on thursday uh that i saw dan and Noel talking about so keep your eye open for that and uh follow mike on twitter where can they, people follow you on twitter the big lee basket with two e's Bigly Basket Two E's. You can follow me at Culture of Losing, and uh, yeah, get ready. Thursday is going to be something. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's definitely going to be something. <laughs> but uh, I would advise eating well before the game, uh, just in <laughs> case uh, things get kind of kind of shaky there. But uh, we'll just have to see what happens, and uh, you know, whatever happens, we'll be back to talk to you sometime. I don't know when, but we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it, huh? Yeah. Let's go win tomorrow and join the Bruins and Lightning in the second round. Yeah, I'm sure they're sitting around saying, <laughs> we, don't want, we don't want the <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, Capitals, come back. Yeah, right? Yeah, I know. I was, I was going to adapt a line from uh, from Top Gun there, but I, I couldn't make it work. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so there you go. All right, enjoy the game, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you when we talk to you. All right, thanks a lot. Bye-bye.
time.